Let us, let us turn to uh, Genesis chapter 4. We're going to look together at the story of the two brothers. I'm sure we've all heard the expression, the end justifies the means. If you Google that, a whole bunch of uh, ethical discussion comes comes up, and uh, and Google, you know, gives you, you know, the pre the the text there, and does the end justify the means? Why does the end justify the means? Can the end justify the means? What does the end justify the means mean? <clears throat> and all the questions in between. If I do something that I know is wrong or that is objectively wrong, whether we know it or not, <clears throat> is the result enough to pardon the act, to um, somehow vindicate what I had to do to get there. As Christians, we know that our faith is one of, of opposites, of things that run uh, counter to um, our natural um, inclination to do things, almost our instincts, you could say, our our primal um, fleshly urge to, uh, to act in a certain way. And one of those things is, is justice, to seek uh, equal and uh, fair recompense for something that was done to us. And we see many people uh, in our Christian circles even finding new and interesting ways to frame what is essentially the end justifies the means. And we do serious harm to the glory of God and to others. It begins here in Genesis chapter 4. Abel didn't do something wrong to Cain for him to do uh, that act, but that's not where the story ends. We're going to spend a little bit of time talking about what God had to say to Cain afterwards. So let's read the story now together and pray and then we'll jump into uh, the significance of this story and how it's not actually necessarily about murder. <laughs> we can all ultimately draw sin back to a foundational thing which is rebellion against God. Adam had relations with his wife Eve and she conceived gave birth to Cain and said, I have begotten a man with the help of the Lord. 
Then she gave birth again to his brother Abel. And Abel was keeper of flocks, but Cain was a tiller of the ground. In the course of time, Cain brought an offering to the Lord of the fruit of the ground. Abel also brought the firstborn of his flock and their fat portions. And the Lord had respect for Abel and for his offering, but for Cain and for his offering, he did not have respect, and Cain was very angry, and his countenance fell. The Lord said to Cain, Why are you angry? Why is your countenance fallen? If you do well, shall you not be accepted? But if you do not do well, sin is crouching at the door. It desires to dominate you, but you must rule over it. Cain told Abel his brother, and it came about when they were in the field that Cain rose up against his brother Abel and killed him. And the Lord said to Cain, Where is Abel your brother? He said, I do not know. Am I my brother's keeper? And when he said, when he said, God said, What have you done? The voice of your brother's blood is crying out to me from the ground. Now you are cursed from the ground, which opened its mouth to receive your brother's blood from your hand. For, from now on, when you will till the ground, it will not yield for its best. You will be a fugitive and a wanderer on the earth. And Cain said to the Lord, My punishment is more than I can bear. You have driven me out this day from the face of the earth and from your face will I be hidden and I will be a fugitive and a vagabond in the earth and it will happen that anyone who finds me will kill me. So the Lord said to him, Therefore, therefore whoever kills Cain, vengeance will be taken on him sevenfold. The Lord put a mark upon Cain so that no one finding him would kill him. Then Cain went out from the presence of the Lord. Let us pray. Dear Lord, we thank you once again that we can look back to the beginning of your word and, and see how relevant and how unified your word is. And that we can learn from it today. Amen. <clears throat> So, <clears throat> there's a lot going on there, and again, we're not going through a strictly historical textbook here. Um, we are looking at the theological significance of the story. And there is, there's a lot to say about these two brothers. Um, but the things that I want to specifically focus on and how it relates to us is, firstly, 
our actions are motivated by our inner personal heart. Our actions have unseen consequences or connections, and our actions ultimately perpetuate the cycle of sin. So actions as in uh, sinning, the act of sinning, not general actions. <clears throat> you see, reading it for the first time, <clears throat> you read the story of the fall and, and the consequence of sin and the manifestation of sin, and in chapter 4, somebody reading this for the first time will start seeing how sin takes shape, what are the characteristics of sin, and what are the consequences. And even from the very beginning of our understanding of sin, we so often forget a fundamental um, aspect that was there from the beginning, that we are not responsible for the justice that we, that sin requires. So our actions come from a motivation uh, of an inward heart, okay? It says, and I'm sure we've all thought about this, why was Cain's offering rejected, but... Um, uh, Abel's offering was, was respected. <laughs> doesn't that seem a bit unfair? And the Bible doesn't explicitly tell us, but it does tell us <clears throat> that Cain's heart wasn't right. It, it tells us this in, uh, uh, in retrospect. <clears throat> you see, I don't think it was about the fact that Abel's offering was an animal. I don't think it was talking about necessarily an atonement sacrifice. In the Bible, they would sacrifice generally uh, for, the, for the worship of God. When, when the temple was finished building, they, uh, Solomon sacrificed thousands of, of animals. And um, Job, when he was restored, he sacrificed. And so there was more than just the atonement sacrifice. Um, the other thing is that uh, if you read very carefully, you'll see that uh, Abel brought, it says, his, his, first, um, his first fruits, the, 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 the fattest and the, and, the, uh, and the best calf. But it says that uh, Cain only brought a offering of fruit. Not the best, not specifically, not the biggest, not the most, just an offering. Okay? So already we see the inward uh, motivation and heart coming through in the action. But where we, we know that Cain's heart wasn't right, if we, we have God's completed word and we can look at um, Hebrews chapter 11. <clears throat> Hebrews chapter 11 um, talks about uh, 
faith. Uh, by faith, Moses did this. By faith, Joshua did this. By faith, by faith, by faith, by faith. And one of these is uh, in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 4, it says, By faith, Abel offered to God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain offered. Through this, he was approved as righteousness, with God testifying concerning his gifts. He still speaks through his faith. So, when it comes to sin, there is, it begins with motivation, it begins with intent. And intent leads to temptation, and temptation leads to sin, and sin leads to death. And we see that exemplified, personified to its most literal extreme sense, that sin led to murder in this case. I can't imagine what Adam and Eve must have thought when this happened, how, how tragic it must have been, how inconceivable it must have been for them. One human can take another human's life. Number two, our actions have unseen connections. It says, it says in Jude, this isn't um, the standard for uh, everything that we do and say, but everything that we do and say, whether it be sin or not, impacts the, the spiritual battle that is going on uh, for our souls. Don't misunderstand me. What I mean is <clears throat> that um, there is a, a conflict, an, uh, a spiritual conflict that impacts uh, our daily life. Don't uh, excuse every sin on the devil made me do it. That's not how it works. But don't be ignorant to the fact that that is going on. The Bible tells us to be sober, to be uh, alert and attentive to these things. And it says that even in this uh, sin, uh, there was an unseen connection. It says in Jude, Jude is a very small uh, New Testament book, it's just a few verses, but it says this, Jude verse 10, but these men slander those things that they do not understand, but they destroy themselves in those things that like unreasoning animals they know by instinct. Woe to them, in verse 11, for they have gone the way of Cain, have run greedily after the error um, of 
Balaam for reward and perished in the rebellion of Korah. So there's a bit of history there. But it says, Woe to them, for they have gone the way of Cain. You know, I can't imagine that these two brothers were in the field and we had a discussion the other day. Was it premeditated? Did Cain um, convince Abel to go somewhere uh, isolated and quiet and have him be killed? <laughs> or were they arguing in the field and, and, and passion overtook Cain and he, and he killed his brother and before he knew what had happened, his brother was dead? That's a good question. But either way, did anyone teach him to do that? Jude says it's by, it's by instinct. There's this, there's this unseen connection to our actions that, that aren't influenced by what we are taught and not taught on a moral level. And we have to be aware of that. That temptation is a real thing. That um, my sin nature impacts my thought process, my decision making, the way I treat others, and the way I view others. And we'll get to that a little bit later on. And number, third, number three, our actions perpetuate a cycle. It's very interesting that after uh, God uh, gives punishment to Cain, he says, Lord, it's too much for me to bear. They're going to realize what I have done, and they're going to kill me. They're going to seek justice. They're going to take justice into their own hands. Because I have killed my brother, now they are going to kill me. What do I do? And the Lord agrees with Cain. He says, you're right. Because of this, whoever takes matters into their own hand, I will deliver vengeance on them. What an interesting um, thing that we so often overlook when we think about the story of Canada. We just think, oh, it's the first recorded murder in human history. <clears throat> and we don't realize that God, from the beginning, made it clear that vengeance belongs to him. And sin Evil should not be met with more evil. <clears throat> but our actions perpetuate that. When we take matters into our own hands, when we uh, judge others according to our own standards, when we um, wield the Bible like a club and knocking people senseless with it, <laughs> when we... Um, act for the justice of God and say, it doesn't matter 
who gets hurt, the end justifies the means. I'm doing it in the name of God. So don't be fooled. Don't think that we are exempt. Our actions perpetuate sin. Ultimately, God came, Jesus came to break that cycle, to break the cycle of death, to conquer death, to bring restoration as we've looked at in Genesis chapter 3 and Genesis chapter 2, <clears throat> and to break the cycle of our perpetual sin. Listen to what Romans chapter 12 says when we spoke about the definitive summary for uh, a Christian walk. What should a Christian look like and do and act like and say and think if we are to truly uh, say, yes, I, I'm a follower of Christ. I believe in the resurrection and, uh, and the death and, and, and I place my faith in him for the salvation, redemption of sin. It says... Repay no evil for evil. Commend what is honest in the sight of all men. So let's give you a little bit of a refresher. It's not what is generally accepted as being good. It is what is objectively good. Commending that to everyone, whether they disagree or agree. Beloved, do not avenge yourselves, but rather give place to God's wrath. For it is written, vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. And this is what that looks like in our daily life. If your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him to drink. For in doing so, you will heap coals of fire on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. <clears throat> we spoke about that as well. That we will also think heaping coals of fire on his head, we're punishing them, we'll look at them squirm. When, I, when I'm nice to my enemies, I can just, that's not what it is either. It's not uh, self-gratification. <clears throat> In the Bible, they would put ash on their heads and, and tear their clothes when they're repentant, when they're mourning their sin. And the idea that I get is that they would be so repentant and yearning for forgiveness that they wouldn't even wait for the coals to become ash first. <laughs> that they would pour it on their head regardless. Lord, I am sorry. That's the will of God. That we repent of our sins and place faith in Him. And our actions 
should be perpetuating that, not evil. Imagine, <clears throat> you know, we can say that for just about everything in Genesis about uh, what if they did things differently. <laughs> But this act began a cycle of sin that would continue throughout human history. That not long after this, what supposed unspeakable act, there were um, so there was so much evil in the world that people, a uh, uh, king, kept woman as property and, and gloated. I killed more men than Abel ever did. I, I murder people by the dozen. And he was proud of the fact, um, sorry, Cain, uh, 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 this king was proud of the fact that he, he, he slaughtered in mass. <laughs> then the Lord, we're going to get to this, and to break that cycle with the flood. And it did, but it's still perpetuated. So in Jesus Christ, we can break that cycle and we can love truly our enemies. We can meet evil with good, truly. So there's a lot... We can learn from this story in chapter 4, uh, but that is what I want to leave us with specifically this morning. Let's pray. <clears throat> Dear Lord, we thank you once again for your word, for your goodness. Help us to break the cycle of sin in our lives by very specifically not seeking our own vengeance and meeting evil with good and putting our ego and pride and, um, and self-interest aside and seeking your glory, truly wanting everyone to hear the gospel, to repent, and to place faith in you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. <clears throat> Thank you. Let's stand for our final hymn.